Welcome to POP, the sermon podcast for Peace Lutheran Church in Gehenna, with Pastors Doug Warburton and Tony Katko. A reading today from Joel chapter 2. I don't know that we've ever read this reading on Ash Wednesday here before, but it's super fitting. The prophet writes this. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is near. A day of darkness and gloom. A day of clouds and thick darkness, like blackness spread upon the mountains. A great and powerful army comes like Their their like has never been from of old, nor will be again after them in ages to come. Yet, even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your clothing. Return to the Lord, your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and relents from punishing. Who knows whether he will not turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord, your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast. Call a solemn assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the aged, (laughs) gather the children, even infants at the breast. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her canopy. Between the vestibule and the altar, let the priests and the ministers of the Lord weep. Let them say, Bear your people, O Lord. Do not make your heritage a mockery, a byword among the nations. Why should it be said among the peoples, where is their God? We'll come back to that reading in a little bit. I like to do grocery shopping. Transition, by the way. <laughs> I like to do grocery shopping, although nine years of my wife and I being together, she doesn't always like me to do the grocery shopping. You would think, you know, being as close to the perfect husband as I am, (laughs) that she would celebrate the fact that I'm going grocery shopping. And she does. She, She respects and appreciates it, but we've learned a thing or two along the way. You see, she keeps, it still baffles me that she can do this. She can whip up dinner with just this and that and doesn't have to follow a recipe and she can just whoop, 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 dinner. I need a recipe. Any of you like me? Okay. How many of you are like her? Wow, you are not. Are you really? (laughs) 
I need a recipe. And so when I go to the store, I usually have it on my phone and I'm checking off the ingredients and, and I just think, I'm pretty sure we're out of that. Pretty sure we don't have this. I don't want to get home and be out of cilantro or whatever it is. And, and I don't have any idea if we have it or not. She, on the other hand, has a mental inventory, knows exactly how much of everything is in the house, even if she hasn't looked at that shelf in two months. She knows it's there. And so, so what we've learned along the way is she gets frustrated when I come home with the can of those really good tomatoes, you know, with the little yellow label, you know, the really good ones. And, and I'll say, well, we needed this, and she'll take me downstairs and show me the, the two cases of it that we have in the basement. <laughs> and this happens over and over again. I'll say, well, we need it, and, and it's always something that we have an abundance of or that she likes a certain kind. And so there's this little section in our kitchen called the return section. <laughs> and God lover. She always returns my errors. <laughs> she doesn't ask me to go back and do it. She knows, well, probably because she doesn't want me to go to the store again. <laughs> but she just returns it for me. I think as we enter Lent, it might be helpful for us to think of this season as God's 40-day return policy. <laughs> that God is willing for us to bring to God whatever it is that, that we want to give back in terms of, you know what, this isn't going the right direction. I've made some mistakes here. This isn't the way I actually want to be living. So we can bring whatever these items are and set it before God. And God's saying, you know what, this is a period of time where I'll take it back for you. And we'll turn you around and head you a different direction. So I'm a, I was telling my wife over dinner tonight, which, by the way, she whipped up out of nothing out of the pantry. And I was telling her, I think two of my favorite seasons in the church year are Advent and Lent. There's something beautiful about a purposeful period of time where we're called to just kind of reflect and analyze and maybe return something back to God who promises to take it from us. Something beautiful in that. I was thinking of the history of Lent and Ash Wednesday and did some research. I'm curious. I his, love history. And I don't know how many of you are aware of the history. I didn't know all of this. But it started the early church. The season of Lent started in 40 hours before the Easter vigil when there were converts to Christianity who wanted to become Christians. So there was a period of time set aside that they called Lent where these early Christians would kind of uh, do some repentance, some prayers, some fasting. And then on the Easter vigil, they'd be baptized and they became Christian. Now, over time, that evolved from a 40-hour period to 40 days. 40 days for people who wanted to become Christian to 
pray, repent. They would often in worship wear different clothing. And then they also decided to allow this period of time to be a period for the serious sinners according to the church of the time. So this was roughly, this, this tradition kind of started around the ninth or 10th century where the, the serious Christians could go, they, they were called what's, what was called the order of the penitent. And the serious sins that they would have committed in those days, the serious sins were adultery, being in the military, and magic. If you did any sort of magic, it was considered like sorcery. So these were three of the the big sins of the day. They entered the order of the penitent for 40 days. They had their own section of the congregation. We'll picture these guys right here. The, The order of the penitent. And they wore different clothing. And they also, as part, it stems from various passages in scripture where they would put ashes over their face. All these different passages in scripture where that's a way, a a sign of repentance, putting ash on your face. And so they would repent and they, they, they weren't allowed to sit with the good Christians because they hadn't yet. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Because they hadn't yet gotten to that Easter point where they were cleansed and washed pure. And so they weren't allowed to celebrate Eucharist or anything like that for this period of time. So this went on, and then somewhere along the way, it decided, they, I think it was around the 11th century, they just opened this whole 40-day period up to all. They thought, you know what, let's not just target these guys, let's open it up for everybody. And so it became a season where Ash Wednesday and Lent kind of came together in this 40-day period where all Christians just kind of came together in this season of repentance and forgiveness and and wondering what it is that we want to offer back to God. Then, here's an interesting thing. Then comes the Protestant Reformation. The Protestant Reformation. And it it was during this time where Protestants decided, oh, I should say this before before I tell you this. So right around the 11th century is when what we celebrated last night, Shrove Tuesday, evolved to, so it, was, it became as, like it still is, a time to party and, and eat a lot and whatever it was before you went into this season of fasting. And then Easter, back at it, right? And so come the Protestant Reformation, guess what happened? A lot of Protestant churches let Ash Wednesday and Lent die out. They kind of did away with it because... You know why? They didn't want to encourage Shrove Tuesday. They didn't want people getting carried away before the season and after the season. But there were two Protestant denominations that stayed with it. Lutherans were one. I love being a Lutheran. And Anglicans, they stayed with it too, of course. All the other Protestant denominations said goodbye to this season for a while until Vatican II. 
Vatican II, if you know anything about the, the history of the Vatican, and Vatican II was a season of renewal for the Catholic Church, and it became a season where different denominations and Catholics came together and shared religious practices. And so a lot of Protestants then said, huh, there's something powerful about that. And many of them came back to celebrating Ash Wednesday and Lent. So there's your history, a little bit of the season. It's kind of fascinating when you think about the evolvement of it. So let's go back, though, to this 40-day period of a 40-day return policy. I want to reread a couple verses from this, and I want you to hear a few things, because this is so powerful. I want you to hear these three words to start verse 12. Yet, even now. God, had, there was this image of doom and gloom that started the passage. Like, where is this world heading? And God says, yet even now, return to me. See, this isn't a passage where, this isn't a season or a passage of fear. Why do we not fear returning to God? God tells us. I am gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and I relent from punishing. There's another thing in here that I wanted to point out. He says, rend, God says, rend your hearts and not your clothing. In other words, when you do this analysis of yourself, don't do it externally. I don't care about your ripped clothing. That was a thing that they did in biblical times. Rip your clothing to show your pain and your anguish. God says, don't do that. Rend your hearts. Be, do this analysis on the inside, not on the outside. So if you're going to give up something for Lent, that's okay. But ask yourself why. What is the purpose of giving up some sweet dessert or whatever it is that you're, you're doing? What is the purpose of it on the inside? Is it bringing you closer to God? Is it changing your journeys? That's the whole point of this. It says return over and over again. God is interested in that 40-day return policy. Where is it? And, and this word return literally means go this, you're headed in this direction, turn around and head the other direction. So what is it you want to let go of? What is it you want to give to God and God says, I'll return it for you? Search inside. Not outside. You have 40 days. 